Before you listen to this episode, I would like to apologise for the sound quality. Both our internet connections were quite dodgy, so like we weren't able to have a good quality of sound. Again, I apologise, and let's continue with the episode. Hello. That was a bit... Um... That's weird. What's weird? The whole idea of like, cling, and all I hear is, oh, hello. <laughs> it is the magic of me. It is the magic of you. How clear is your voice? Uh, you can. How clear is it for you? It's clear, you're sounding perfectly clear to me, so I don't know how clear you are. Someone's moving on your desk, I can hear now. Right, hold on a second then. Uh, how's that? Any movement? No, no movement at all. Am I nice and clear? Yeah, nice and clear. Hello. Perfect. I've got my blue snowball set up on the ironing board. <laughs> you do this for the ironing here. Uh, no, it's tr- I've done the ironing and everything. It's literally just I've moved I've moved into here out the way of Sophie, so I'm in the spare room and the ironing board was here. It makes a good table. Why the hell not? Why not? Hello. Tomorrow's um, Star Wars Day. Well, Star Wars Day, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Day, the best day. Well, the best days depending on what kind of fandom we belong to. You know, I don't really class myself as a massive Star Wars fan. Well, that's true. Unlike me, who is a massive Star Wars fan, and like most Star Wars fans, doesn't go into the cinemas for new Star Wars films with a closed mind, thinking only the originals are the best. I've actually got an open view set to the new films. So yes, have you seen Rise of Skywalker? That's available now on Disney Plus. I have seen the film. Is it? When is it coming out on Disney Plus? Is it coming out? On the day, oh, no. or is it? It's coming out on the fourth. The day this is going to be released. So they've actually timed it well. Yeah, I think they've like says, "Oh, you know what, Disney? You know what we should do? We should release the last of the Sega on Star Wars Day, just to give something for everyone to be excited about. Possibly as a marketing campaign to make more people sign up to Disney Plus." Quite possibly. I mean, it would make sense. They haven't had much success so far. I mean, the only reason that I'd sign up to Disney Plus right now is The Mandalorian, and I can just get that elsewhere. I mean, I can wait for it to come out on DVD if I need and just buy a box set. So you haven't seen The Mandalorian yet? I have seen... I think it's five episodes of The Mandalorian or something similar. I'm not too sure. I was close to seeing the entire series, but the where I was watching it was releasing the series like once a week, and I just got bored. The thing is, um, it did pretty well with the, Man- the Mandalorian, to be honest. The Mandalorian is a good series. It's It's well done. The character has his own flaws. He's actually a decent guy, despite the fact that you never see his face. And it's got some memorable side characters as well. I mean, you've got the little, um, oh, I can't remember what his species is, but he's basically a scrapper who's made his own home on a 
barren planet, he's an interesting character on his own. So I like it when series do that, when they introduce characters that can be interesting on their own and don't rely on the hero to make them interesting. Which, unfortunately, is the majority of, like, the... I don't want to say all the characters in the main Star Wars, the main Star Wars films, but some of them lack. So they've done well with the TV series. Are you still there, Jay? You've gone silent. Hello. I can hear you now. You can hear me now. Yep, I can hear you now. You've come back. Gone back. Yeah. Um, I was just saying that, like, the man, the man, and quite well since I haven't really overloaded with with cuteness as they did with the films. Yeah, with the pogs and the, the as many droids as they could fit in. Yeah, that's have no like storyline. At least they based the plot line against the baby Yoda. Yep, it's 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 based... not really baby Yoda. They call it the child. It's the fans decide to call it the baby Yoda because that's technically what it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's a baby version of Yoda species. It can't be baby Yoda because it's set afterwards. But you know, it's it's his species. No, I find quite hilarious is the fact like Yoda hasn't got a species on the Wikipedia or anything, but they call it Yoda species. I know. I don't think I don't think George Lucas has ever given it an official name, and nobody wants to do it because it's such an important thing. But there, so far, there's only three of his species that we know of. Because there's Ye- is it Yeddle or Yuddle who was on the Jedi Council in the prequels? There's Yoda, and now there's Baby Yoda. They're the only three that we've ever seen of his species, so just calling yeah. it just calling it Yoda species is the only thing we've got right now. Yeah. They'll probably name him at some point soon because Baby Yoda is becoming so so much of an icon. They're gonna have to name his species at some point, and we'll we're gonna have to find out what he actually is. But all we know so far is that of the three of that species that we've seen, all of them are Force-sensitive. So maybe his species is just really good with being one with the Force? I don't know. Hey. I think your audio's dropped again, man. Well, it has for me, anyway. Spike, can you still hear me? I can hear you now, yeah. And now I can't. I heard Spike, can you hear me? And that's it. Hello? 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 Hello, I can hear you now. No, the internet decided to shit itself. Ah, lovely. It's, it's brilliant, isn't it? Hmm, brilliant when you're trying to record a podcast or anything, and it's, it needs to have consistent audio. It just sounds like me talking to myself for some of it. In all fairness, that's what I mostly do anyway. 
Well, yeah, but that's when you're on your own. When you've got a guest, you kind of want to interact with them. You don't want to just be sitting here talking to yourself the entire time. Uh, hey, so you've seen somewhat of season one of the Maldorian. Um, apparently, according to some leaks, like on Reddit and that, season two was supposed to be wrapped off March of 2020. I don't know if it's fully wrapped. But season two is supposed to be released, and apparently we get to find out Baby Yoda's actual name. Are they going to... I wonder if it's going to be someone who's known him previously, or like his parents are going to come and actually speak his name, or if they're just going to give him a name. Because so far in the series, they've just been carrying him around, calling him the child. So, or the kid. So, if, I wonder if it's just one of the characters is going to name him. Because it would, ma- it would make sense if the Mandalorian just gives him some name to talk to him about. Because so far, all he's doing is calling him the kid. The thing about this destroyed internet meme of Baby Yoda, if they just name him the kid. Like, if they actually give him a name other than Baby Yoda. Or do you think forever will be known as Baby Yoda? I think he'll just forever be known as Baby Yoda. I don't think they'll actually bother giving him a name. Like, at least the internet won't. Even if he gets a proper name, the internet won't switch to that's his name. It'll just keep on calling him Baby Yoda because that's what we know him as now. We've known him as it since the start of the series, the Americans especially, because they got it first. And now it's slowly getting released over here, which is a bit annoying that there's still a massive period of time between when America gets stuff on Disney Plus and when we get stuff on Disney Plus. There's favoritism of countries, that is. <laughs> <laughs> They had um, a deal with Sky anyway, because Sky had Disney movies. And the contract ended apparently or something. I should have researched internet before we start talking about that. Um, We've got plenty more we can rant about. <laughs> plenty more. It's just, it's just the beginning, really, to think, to think about. Yeah. We spent like nine minutes asking of each other now and talking about Baby Yoda. That, that's about right, yeah. But that that's... <laughs> how these things go. I mean, Baby Yoda is an important thing in the Star Wars universe at the minute, though, because it's gotten a lot of people into watching Star Wars. It's gotten a lot of people into watching The Mandalorian, which is then po- which has then possibly led to them watching the Star Wars movies. Because I'm, I'm sure there were some people that have never seen Star Wars, but thought, oh, I'll give The Mandalorian a go. I'll see what that's like. I've got a few friends that are like that. It's like, oh, I've never seen Star Wars, you know. It's 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 a shit f- film franchise and that. But since Baby Yoda come, um, comes up on the um, mainstream media like Facebook and that, they share the shit on the memes. Yeah. They're like, well, you say Star Wars is shit, but you happily share Star Wars content. Now yeah. everyone's all jumped on the Baby Yoda bandwagon. And don't get me wrong, it's like I was quite sceptical in watching The Mandalorian when it first came out. And um, when I watched it, I was like, "Think actually, this is really, really interesting." <laughs> you know, it's it's a good, it's got good character development, it's got good plot lines, it's, it's got good cameos from famous directors like uh, Taiki Waki, Waki, who directed um, *In the Shadows* and the new film that was released uh, last November, December, called *Jojo Rabbit*, and it's got. Um, E, what's his name again? 
who you're thinking of? Is it a director or a character who a person who plays a character? He's um a director. I'm trying to think of his name again. I'm trying to think of what he's directed. Uh, it's been directed by Dave Filoni, Rick Famuyiwara, uh, Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Taika Waititi. Yeah, he's he's had a cameo in it, but I'm thinking of another cameo with a director who didn't have a lot of to do it. He played one of the he played the guy who sent the Mandalorian off to find the child. Well, not Herzog, um, that's him. Ah. It's interesting looking it up, though, because I've just pulled up the like the wiki page and the thing about it. And from the looks of it, it's eight episodes, but it's had five directors in its time. So that's basically it's, they've nearly had a different director for every episode there's only three that haven't so i'm i'm wondering if they've all collaborated on all eight or if it's been switching directors throughout because it i would assume because it's been running so smoothly and there's not been any massive changes in direction it's a collaboration but i don't know that's your expertise thing is like when you watch tv series um, you can tell when there's a different director got involved because every director has their own style of directing and creating their vision. With the Mandalorian, it's quite... It's merely impossible, not fully impossible, to decipher different styles between them. But it's all the same style and it's all flows naturally. It just seems like one person directed it. Yeah, according to the wiki... It's been directed by one person and then they've just like switched the director. Like apparently Dave Filoni did the first one, then it was Rick, yeah. then it was Deborah, and they basically just kept on going through them. But th- when I when I watched it, I know I don't have the trained eye like you because you've done film and all that sort of thing. But like you said, it's quite seamless. Like there's no real massive change in how it's done or style or anything. Yeah, so like talking about directors, um, we can bring up an argument between two directors who have a hold of the Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Ryan um, Johnson and J.J. Abrams. Yes, those. Yeah, those two directors. The ones who should not ever be named for their sins. J.J. <laughs> Abrams has a kind of like filmography, don't get me wrong. So does Sam uh, and Johnson. You know, he did Knives Out and Lupa. The, the thing, you're much more in the scene of knowing the directors and everything. The only, I don't know what the other one, any of the films, I can't remember off the cuff what any of the films that the other one's done. But J.J. Abrams, the only films that I can think of that I remember his name from is Star Trek, the, new, the newer Star Trek films. Yeah, he also did um, Super 8 and he did a few episodes of Lost. Yeah. But he did um, Star Trek. He also has books of like a lot of Star Trek books because he's a massive Trekkie. Yeah, which in which case I feel a little bit sorry for him because a lot of people try to diss on the newer Star Trek films. But anyway. Caught up with the much new Star Trek films. <laughs> 
I quite like them. I think they're, they're quite an open book. But anyway, we're not here for Star Trek. Oh, we've switched franchises, Jay. We're not here for Star Trek. We're here for Star Wars. I'm sorry. I think that was me that did that, though. So you're fine. It's me. This is what happens when you have guests. This is useless. We've, we've gone off script. Well, there's no script. Exactly. You should have made a script, Jay. Do you think I have time for script? I'm busy writing episode three. Yeah, good point. Which is going to be released Wednesday, hopefully. You d- you decided you were going to get a big Star Wars fan who can rant for six hours straight on Star Wars, shove him in. You didn't expect us to switch it to Star Trek. So No. <laughs> no you're, just, you're just hanging up a clock on Star Wars, aren't you? You're just going to become a Trekkie. Oh, no, I don't think that'll ever happen. I'm far too into Star Wars. I'm, I can't watch any of the Star Trek series without sort of laughing at some of the things in it. So, You know what's hilarious? It's like where we used to play Star Wars when we were younger. Now it's quite... That's quite nostalgic. That's the power of Star Wars, making great friendships and that. Yeah, it's it's got the whole thing of it. It doesn't matter what you do. Like instead of having sword fights and thinking you're the three musketeers, you had lightsaber fights and thought that you were like Obi Wan and Darth Maul and all those sorts of things. It brings up nostalgia trips massively. I'm sure I still, I still got some of my lightsabers. I believe all of mine either got thrown away or nicked, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Does they have a due disc from when we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh, God, that'll be in the loft somewhere if I still have it. I've got no idea. It'll be buried in a box upon a box somewhere if I still got it. Oh, I broke mine, and mine ended up, like, in the bin. Uh, mine mine was still in working condition last time I saw it, but that was about ten years ago, so... <laughs> Many moons ago. I've um, seen a lot of them for sale on eBay and Amazon. I'm like half tempted, but like, don't really have the time to play. Like, it would be there. It'd be on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, along with distance. It would just go, it would just be on display next to your Lord of the Rings and Pokemon things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But anyway, Jay. Back to Star Wars. Very important question for you, Jay. Yes. You've seen Rise of the Skywalker, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen the midnight release. Right. What is your opinion of the film? Because I, I, I you, you know very much that I have my own opinion on this, and I went in with an open mind. But what is your opinion of it? Because you're, you're the one with the film eye. Well, as a, as a slight Star Wars, I don't know. What do you call Star Wars fans? Um, I'm not even too sure. Um, do we uh, have our own designation? I'm sure. I uh, don't know, but like, um, you know, I've always watched Star. Wars. I grew up on Star Wars and that, but I'm, but I'm not as a big of a fan about Star Wars. You know, I get excited when a new Star Wars is released, and when I seen Force Awakens, when Force Awakens trailer dropped, I got a bit excited. I was, I went in with an open mind, got disappointed. Um, didn't even bother going to see the other ones in cinemas other than The Rise of Skywalker just because like, I thought oh, I'll just wait for it to be streamed on Netflix or watch it, get a DVD and watch it but um, when Rise of Skywalker trailer dropped I got excited and I went, and went to see The Rise of Skywalker um, I was 
kind of disappointed and kind of not disappointed. It was a mixed feelings. It brought back nostalgia for me when I was like used to go watch Star Wars in the cinemas with me auntie. Fair enough, it was like the prequels. Yeah. And people don't like the prequels. But it gave us the nostalgia feeling of being a kid again, seeing like the friends of the shit sifting that. Yeah, so seeing but, it seeing it on the big screen. It it has a it has a different feeling to watching at home, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So like it brought back memories of good like good memories of my past and I enjoyed it. But um there was a lot of things I did not really like in it. Like for me, like one bit when you've seen an open scene of when like not the open scene, when you seen this in the scene where Chewbacca gets kidnapped. No, not kidnapped, took away. Yeah. And like the flume off, then the blew up. And like I, I was crying on that, and I'm thinking, oh shit, Chewbacca's dead. But when Chewbacca well, came, turned out to be alive, I start. I was full of rage, thinking, no, don't do that to me. One, we did not see there was a second ship. Two, we seen the major counters taking Chewbacca into the ship and flying away. And you watch said ship launch from the ground to get blown up. So how on earth has he survived that? It just feels like. The only reason he's a five ass is just to make sure, like, think, oh shit, it's probably filmed it, thinking, oh shit, we've gonna like a lot of people are gonna be really pissed off that we killed Chewbacca off. So they probably looked at the script, thinking, shit, yeah, he comes back alive, but we blew, blew him up. Let's just bring him back. So it's un- there's un- so many unanswered questions of like, why did it? Why did he survive? And there was no suggestion that he did survive. Yeah, I, I agree. really. It was an emotional roller coaster, and I was just. Just wanted to shout, like pick up your popcorn, food on the screen, and walk out. At that point, yeah, I agree with you there because that scene it is weird because yes, there's no inclination that there's a second ship. You see him get loaded onto that ship. You see that ship blow up. By all rights, it should they should have just left it at that. And that Chewbacca's dead. The main character's dead. Now Ray has to deal with the fact that she's just killed a friend and Han's best friend. And one of the major story uh, characters for years due to her getting angry and lightening it up. It should be that Ray has to deal with that and deal with that fact that she's done that, not just, oh, it's a happy escape, Chewbacca's alive. Yeah, it's just glossed over now, isn't it, in the film? I haven't seen it since, it, since I've seen it in cinemas. It- it is just glossed it's like, over. It's one of those things of Ray can do no wrong. Uh, yeah. You know my standpoint on Ray. I really don't like her as a character because she doesn't need help with anything. She doesn't need to learn anything. She barely trains and is already a great lightsaber fighter and combat specialist and everything within the first 10 seconds of seeing her. And like... She never seems to make any major mistakes that don't have, like, any mistake she makes doesn't have a consequence. Killing Chewbacca didn't have a consequence, so it took it away from the mistake. Yeah, because, like, she was like, oh, yeah, he's alive, and that's it, done, over, dusted with. Like, well, I'm sorry, if I thought I killed a major coward, if I felt, if I felt like I killed someone uh, I really did care about, and I turned out to be alive. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, you're alive. Fair enough. Let's let's do what we're doing. There should be a moment. There was a moment missing. Yeah. From it. It's, it's, it's a key thing that was just 
completely forgotten about. It was just massively forgotten about. But it feels like the thing is, I've seen all all of the Star Wars films. I've watched all of them. I've I'm a massive fan, and I love the fact that the original trilogy and the prequel fans have now combined because they used to be a bit at ed- at ends with each other. And I love the fact that they've combined to hate the sequels now. But <laughs> but the um the issue with the last film is that it try the entire film, half of it is spent explaining things from the past two films that should have just been explained in those films. It doesn't need to be explained because if you watch the film correctly, the film would have explained itself and then gone into it. It should be a whole new film rather than exp- explanations. Exactly. But there's the thing, like, in the previous film, the villain Snoke, he dies and everybody's left there going, well, who was Snoke? We know he was this big, bad leader, but, like, who was he? Where did he come from? What was he? And they don't explain that for two films. But the in this film, they spend, uh, they spend like, a few seconds or a minute expl- showing him in vat tubes and, and explaining that he was the Emperor's clone, and that's just... If you if you need to go two films ahead and explain that, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Or the fact, like, um, he could have been a better villain other than just killing him within a few minutes. Yeah. He was, he was all lined up to be this big, bad boss, just like the Emperor, who was going to be this powerful being that wasn't going to be easy to defeat and it was going to take something special to defeat. And then he was just chopping half. Yeah. It, it, it felt like such a letdown to everything that was built up. And I, I can, I like the fact that it was Kylo that did it. Yeah. But it's still, it was one of the worst death scenes. And if you look at the fight scene, it's got so many bad parts in that fight scene as well. Uh, I feel like, didn't really watch that film much. It was just like they're in for background noise. Yeah, like to, to this day, I don't. I was like, I knew like Kylo and Ray had a bit of a interesting going on in that film. You know, like somewhat on the same side, and then suddenly not on the same side, and back on the same side, and not on the same side. And then like the whole Rise of Skywalker was an emotional battle between Ray and the dark side, and then it was emotional battle between the guilt that Ben felt for killing his father. Yeah. You know, um, you, you turn to like, you tend to like the bad guy more than you do the hero in this situation. Yeah. Like, I, I much prefer Kylo as a character to Ray. Don't get us wrong, I quite like Finn. I quite like Poe. But, and to be fair, Rose, I'm not even too bothered about. Like, some people hate Rose. I'm not too bothered about her. But Ray's the only one that feels like she wasn't written well and that she sort of sticks out like a sore thumb in these films. So like I said, you ever play in um, Battlefront, it just felt like J.J. Abrams made, wrote a script and everything for, and had plans for Star Wars and everything. Then Disney turned around and says, we need a strong female independent character. Like Princess Leia wasn't enough. We need someone who'd be more focused. Yeah. And he just chucked Ray in, thinking, oh shit, well, I don't know what we're going to do with her. We gotta find. We gotta spend the next trilogy, find out who the hell she is. 
then when she turns out to be a Palpentine, you're thinking, oh, fair enough, she's going to untarten the name. But no, she doesn't untarten the name. She took on Skywalker's name. Yeah, that that's that's one thing that we've got a friend who especially hates the fact that she's done that and he will go on about it constantly. But, like, I do agree with him. If she'd, like, tried to fix the reputation of that name or anything like that, that's fine. But I do think it's wrong, the fact that she just takes on the Skywalker name for just because she can and she doesn't want to be known as a Palpatine. Well, of course, she was Force-sensitive and that. Yeah, but there's the thing, like, the thing with her being a Palpatine, it's strange because in all the films, she's naturally Force-sensitive. She can naturally do these wonderful things. The way they've explained that is that she's a Palpatine. The issue with that is she's had no issues controlling a sort of powers or anger or anything in the past, really. And then in this film, all of a sudden, she has issues controlling that anger and all that sort of thing, as she's realising, oh no, I'm a Palpatine. But there's no real consequences to her doing that either. There's no real struggle of her going, like, she needs to control it or anything like that. It's just suddenly she can control it. There's no struggle, there's no fight, there's no, I need to do this. There's no consequences to any of her actions, like I said before. She's just the perfect character but in real life there are no perfect characters everybody's got flaws and that's what makes them good people and good characters it's just it's just i find way annoying just don't really like her never did like her (laughs) no i mean there's the thing finn is a stormtrooper who overcomes it, he rebels against everything that he's ever known because he's been brainwashed by the Empire and he's been in their ranks that since he was a child, kidnapped as a child, is the story that they went with. And it's a lot like the cow the cow storyline from Fallen Order. Yeah. He rebel he rebels, he he fights back, he finds his place, and he has to earn the respect of the resistance. Like he doesn't just walk in and go, Hi, yeah, I'm Finn, I'm a stormtrooper. Hi, welcome to the ranks. He sort of has to earn that trust by doing things, which he does. And then he gets to a point of leadership. Ray's just sort of, oh, you're Ray, you can use the force. Hi, come in. Hi, you're now our only our only hope. Yeah, there's never a question if you can do the force. Your name's Ray. It's just Ray. What is where you come from and everything, you know? I'll be quite, if I was like part of a bit, like in charge of a rebellion and someone came in as a force sensitive individual i'll be like um so what's your history where you come from you know are you gonna slaughter us all yeah because in as far as far as we know in that set in that timeline the only four sensitives that are known throughout the galaxy is luke skywalker who's went missing and kylo ren and his knight of ren which means the chances are, if a force sensitive wanders into your organization, refusing to tell you what the last name or the history is, they're going to be some undercover operative from the Empire who wants to kill you, or the First Order, as it's known. So, it's there's, it's everybody's far too trusting of her, and nothing ever seems to go wrong for her. No, no. like the whole. Like, you had a very good opinion the other day about Luke going missing. Like, 
Yeah, it's. Can can you repeat that? Because <laughs> that was interesting you, the way you were saying it. It's a bit ridiculous the way it is because in in the original trilogy, he's shown as this farm boy who he wants to earn his place. He wants to earn his respect. He gets into the rebellion. And he earns his place by doing things, by by fighting alongside them. He has friends, he has colleagues, he's an important figure in it, and he's learning all these things. He has his he has Ben Kenobi, who he gets a bond with, and you can see the pain in in his in the scene where Ben dies. You can see the pain in Luke. You can see the pain in the next scene where he's hunched over in a blanket and everything. And the fact that when he tried to rebuild the Jedi Order, he saw that Kylo or Ben had some evil in him and lit up his lightsaber and was going to kill him in rage. That's not Luke's character. Everything we've seen prior to that is Luke wants to rebuild. Luke wants to be good. He's proven that he's a good character. He's trying to honor his master and be a good character. From Switching from that Luke to the Luke that we see in the sequels, is just so much of a drastic change. It's like he's a completely different person. There's no way that that sh- those two characters should be the same person. Nah, especially he's a grumpy little bastard on a walk. Exactly. Now. I mean, if they'd done Rise of the Skywalker and the sequels like they'd done Rogue One, Rogue One is one by far one of the best Star Wars films I've seen. And I'm a massive fan of the originals, the prequels, the sequels, and any of the games, Battlefront, Fallen Order, any of those. Fallen Order has a fantastic storyline. I love it, but it still has some of its flaws. Rogue One, I absolutely adore that film. I love it, and I think it's by far one of the best storylines because everybody has flaws, everybody has a fight, everybody has consequences, everybody has issues. And I don't know how you feel about it because you're the film buff who has all the film knowledge, but I think it's just a much better made film. The thing is about the Rogue One film, I haven't seen it in ages. Last time I seen it was when it came up on Netflix. So, a while. <laughs> it was been, it's been a while. So, the only thing I really liked about Rogue One is how they gave Darth Vader this whole new premise to him. Yeah. It's like, Darth Vader, don't get me wrong, was as badass as it is, but the era was made, the suit you would have worn was heavy and it didn't have much special effects, as it were. Now, Star Wars is praised for being made, the original trilogy was when it was made, the special effects were just amazing. It was like groundbreaking for its time. You know, then like in the Rogue One, they made Darth Vader more of a badass. I feel like, I don't know if you're still talking. I've lost you. I do apologize. Uh, But, I do get what you're saying. They made Darth Vader a much smoother and much more badass character in that scene. He was a lot more fluid and a lot more what would you what you would expect the evil overlord of the Sith to be, just ruthless. You know, it gives it, it gives them the 
Anakin Skywalker vibe we used to. Yeah, I get what you mean. You can, if you watch that scene and then watch like Anakin fighting, you can see that it's meant to be the same person. Yeah, so like, don't get me wrong, the original trilogy Darth Vader was a badass, you know. Everyone wanted to be Darth Vader. The original trilogy gave the cowards, like, they didn't make you sympathize with him or empathize as much as they do now. Yeah. It shows you the good and the bad side, and it, the both sides, the development on them are just on point. But, um, Rogue One just justified. Darth Vader being more of a badass than the ritual trilogy did. Yeah. And that's, the, that's one of the major things I liked about Rogue One. The comedic value was overdone. There was too much, like, forced, like, jokes trying to be forced on us. Yeah. I think you know I, mean? I think all of the modern films have tried to do that, though, because it's... it's... It's the it's the newer filmmakers trying to trying to appeal to the younger audiences, isn't it? And trying to make make it seem more happy go lucky type thing. Yes, well, Disney film Disney has a thing about things being family friendly. Yeah. Fair enough. Star Wars was. Um, try to think of the best it, way to it, describe it. Was it. Sort of, it was a sort of. I would describe it as it's sort of a thirteen rating because it does it's it's still yeah. quite family friendly, but you've got the bits where like someone gets the hand chopped off, or there's a little bit of brutality, like like some of the fight scenes getting thrown into pits or getting shot up or frozen in carbonite, that type of thing. So it's got some brutality. It's got some like gore of someone's hands getting chopped off, but there's no spurtings of blood, there's no nudity, there's nothing like that. So I'd say like a sort of 13 age rating type thing. Yeah, unless you go to um, Princess Leia in a gold bikini, that was quite sexualised. Yeah, that, well, that, that, that's the memorable iconic, isn't it? Yeah, but, uh, you can see why Yeah, not. definitely. Every, everybody wanted to have Carrie Fisher slash Princess Leia when that happened. But what was what I found it quite hilarious was the, there's a story that none of the females were allowed to wear yeah. bras. On, like no cowder had a wet was allowed to wear bras because there's no bras in yeah. space. But there's a bra, golden bra to go with a big um, bikini. Yeah, bra. I do like that. That that's it. Yeah, it was quite quite interesting and quite funny. But I think it was. It was one of the iconic things there. It sort of helped propel her as like a sex symbol to me. Because in, in, in my mind, if you're a Star Wars fan, you've seen that scene. Princess Leia is a sex symbol. Yeah, but for, to be a, like, it kind of felt like, feel like that Disney just wanted to get away from the whole sexualization of cowardice. And don't get me wrong, it is, it is, it is kind of bad not. Back then, it was all right to sexualize women just because of the yeah. body parts and the way they developed. Because, like, unfortunately, in the industry of commercials and to get people interested, the first thing you learn when you learn about commercials, I remember this from my photography studies, is that sex sells. Yeah. But um, 
also something that's quite hilarious and is easily rememberable will sell as well as well as well yeah. as well and that's the whole point of the new I think that's the cliche that Disney's got with the new Star Wars thing and you know what um, we're not going to say sex sells anymore let's just put comedic value in everything yeah let's try and make it funny I think the, the, the one thing that Disney did that Lucas did a bit better was that like in Star Wars, you see things like in the previous films, you've seen hands get chopped off, you've seen people impaled, all that sort of thing. You've seen damage in these in these newer films. Yeah. Like you see Finn uh, get striked across the back. There's no real damage by rights. His back should have had massive damage, massive marks, and everything across it. Uh, there's sh- like when Kylo gets hit, there's no real. You don't see the impact of the damage. You don't see the hole or the burn bark or anything like that. It's all just very light damage. It's not. It's not exactly gore, but it's. It's not. It's just violence. It's just general violence. Disney doesn't yeah. like to show the impact of violence much. Much. Now, there's a whole video explaining this by someone, if I can hunt it out, say that um, I know that like in Disney films, they try not to show as much blood or much cause of violence as possible. Just in case it shocks younger viewers. To which I respond, Bambi. Back to the original. <laughs> Bambi has emotionally destroyed a yeah. lot of people. <laughs> There's, I know adults to this day that can't watch Bambi without crying or starting to yeah. cry. Because, like, oh, his mother's going to die. It's like, yeah, it's an emotional scene. I miss the, the old Disney films, to be honest, the way Disney used to have do things. But it's not old Disney's fault. It's more society's and culture's fault because we kind of went from, like, yeah, fuck everything. We're... We don't give a shit about anyone and nobody to like, oh, we don't really want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah, there's... Everything's too political. Yeah, there's so much everybody's scared to do anything because you might offend someone somewhere out of the billions of people. You might offend one person, so we can't do it. That That's the type of mindset I hate in any sort of media is when you're trying to be so PG and not offend anyone, that you're basically just offending the production you're doing. Yeah, that's the prime example of why many people don't like the new Star Wars yeah. franchises. And what really annoys me, I don't know if it annoys you, is a lot of... It goes, continues from the Chewbacca yeah. conversation we just had. The fact, like, there's a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of things there just for plot reasons. It's like, going back to Rise, we're still on the top of Rise yes, of Skywalker. Some, aren't we? Somehow. We just, <laughs> we just sidetrack, we, 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 we as we always do. But we just kind of like um, Rise of Skywalker, for some reason, Palpatine hid himself, thought, you know what? I shall make a map. This is this is gonna be a nice little cube thing. I'm just gonna say, call it the Sith Finder, and I'm gonna hide it on a random yeah, it's planet. Yeah, it's the Sith. It's the 
Sith holocron to the to his planet, and it's. I think they tried to put it at one point. I'm sure I heard someone say that it's meant to be the Sith homeworld. In which case, why aren't these holocrons protected even more? Because they're too easy to find. Oh, the fact like the, in previous films has proved that the Sith can really communicate with each other via yeah. the Force. You know, so why so why make a map to a place you're hiding? Exactly, and why and why make a why make a map that gives the exact course to that place that you're hiding? Fair enough, fair enough. If it's a map that just goes right, this is the Sith homeworld. It's there, but the map specifically shows you the exact route to take to avoid any sort of issues as well. I've never seen a map do that. I've never come yeah. across a map where where it went, oh, this thing will destroy you. Turn left here. Well, I travel down to London a lot. Um, I use when I use my map, go to map when I'm going to somewhere I don't know. It's Waze, and they di- redirect me from roadworks and that, so I can get there faster without being caused trouble. So basically, this this um, Sith holocron is just a Waze. It's a it's Sith. a Sith sat nav. Yeah, it's a Sith sat nav. A Sith sat nav. What? It's a Sith sat nav. But why hide it? Just pass it on to other Sith, or use the Force and tell name to do it. If you're gonna make a map, the only reason I think he basically made a map is in case he ever wanted a pizza delivery. Yeah. Well, t- well, to be fair, he had his <laughs> thousands of servants there looking after him, so I'm sure one of those could could have uh, snuck out for a pizza. Yeah, true. Or they, one of those could have like he, he he would have felt that Kylo Ren was looking for him. To like gain answers and become more yeah. powerful and shit, or just to destroy him as he did do a lightsaber to him when he first inter- interacted exactly. with, with him. He would have been like, "Oh yeah, send." You could have sent one of his like minions across, be like, "Hey mate, do you fancy coming over to talk?" Yeah, a middleman instead of instead of just straight away. Yeah. I'm in this weekend stake. I'm literally hanging off a tripod and dangling with my feet in the air. Come and see me. Rather than just making a whole map that anyone can find, you know, not necessarily like people who are trying to protect it or anything, or. If anyone just just came across it, thinking, "Hey, what's this? Hook it up!" Oh, it's a map to yeah. help the team. Oh, I'll go and destroy them at this weakest stage. It's why, it, yeah, you know, it it just I annoys mean, the, me. The holocron another... was in a hidden room in the Death Star. Why didn't he must have known where the Death Star crashed? Where that section of Death Star crashed? He would have known. Why didn't he get someone to go and collect it from? But th- yeah. there's, there's so much of that in these films. Like, I can see why they do it. It's to sort of try and help explain it to some people that might not understand. Like, I can understand trying to help the younger viewers understand it, or maybe some of the ones that aren't that quick on the uptake and might have to watch the film three or four times. Because I do know one person who he has had to watch some films multiple times just to see the most basic things. But, like, there's there's explaining it and plotting things out, and then there's join the dots. 
And the the it, the film feels like it's it a join the dots game with someone holding your hand along the way. What a new prequel really does feel like. Yeah, but like that's why I like Fallen Order. Fallen Order is quite a good game, and it's not as hand holding. Like y- you can sort of see where it's going to go. You can sort of see that he's going to have to do the things he does, but it's not completely in your face hand holding type thing. No, it's not. I'll, the thing about Fallen Order is, like, I enjoyed watching it. It did have a, somewhat of a comedic value, but wasn't as funny as it didn't push the comedic, like the the unfunny yeah. jokes on you. It was perfectly timed, and the whole point was that Sith Master on Darth Maul. Is it Darth Maul? D- Darth Maul? D- uh, yeah. D- um, basically, Darth Maul's homeworld. Darth Maul. That's the one. Yeah, Daphimir, Daphimir, yes. When you see him as like a weak traveller and you end up fighting him. Yeah. It's it, it just brought back what Star Wars yeah, was. It was it, it was a bit of a surprise. It was a bit of out there. And Carl and even Sierra and them lot, they've got more character development than some of the characters in these films. Like we've 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 had three films to do character development for the for the characters. And they managed to do more character development in one game than they did in three films. Yeah, and that's the thing that sort of that's that's the type of thing to that grinds my gears. To quote to quote Pierre Griffin, it grinds it grinds my gears that they had the opportunity to make something special. They had the opportunity to do something amazing. And they either took too long to do what they needed to do, or they just never did it at all, or they did it in the wrong way. They, they made so many mistakes while doing the films that it just feels like they should have scrapped it at some point. Yeah, they could have like let George look. They could have like if George Lucas didn't sell out and he had full on more of a creative landscape over the film itself, over the film franchise itself. It would have been back to his original, his original like vision, rather than him thinking, "Oh shit, this is going to well, make me this, a lot." This of is money. the thing: the Mandalor- the Mandalorian, is being worked on with Lucasfilm. Like they've got Lucasfilm involved in that. He's involved in that, so it's it's going along with what he knows as Star Wars. Same as we've had six films, which has been going along with what Lucas thinks is the best for the saga. We've had a TV series now that's went along with that. We've had umpteen video games that's went along with that. They could have easily just gotten his opinion on a few things for these three films, but it feels like the way they've done it, they've never even consulted him once. And some, some of it feels like the people who did the script or made parts of the film have never even seen Star Wars. I was just just doing it, thinking it's a big name, and it's gonna be a cash cow to yeah cash out. That that's exactly what it is. It's a cash cow. It's went from it being for the fans and for the thrills, and the fans are loyal, and everybody knows that Star Wars fans are loyal. You've got the Trekkie fans, which are loyal. You've got Lord of the Rings fans, which are loyal. 
and you've got Star Wars fans which are loyal. Yes, they it's are. a massive thing, and you never want to let down those fans. Lord of the Rings has done it well with The Hobbit and the original Lord of the Rings. I feel like they actually went to what the fans wanted. Yes, they did a few random bits and pieces, like throwing Legolas <laughs> in The Hobbit. But... So the thing about The Hobbit, The Hobbit is a touchy yeah. subject. <laughs> it's a really touchy subject, The Hobbit. You know, it's like they could have done that yeah. in two films. Like the dash is no smog, it pisses me off. It was five minutes of smog. Yeah, I, I remember you having a good rant about that because in the books, wasn't it like an entire book dedicated to that? It, it the book, The Hobbit, is one book anyway. It was it's more like an entire chapter, and it was a lot more. It was, let's say it's a lot more action if you read the book, but um. It describes a lot more. It does describe a lot more. And the Battle of Five Armies, it was just a yeah. waste. It, it wasn't as disappointing as the Twilight series. You know, I've have seen, you seen the some Twilight? of the Twilights, and I will say I'm, I was disappointed as soon as I saw them, to be fair. So. Uh, have, do you, have you ever seen the big, the big battle? In yes. One of them? I think it's the last one. Yes, it um, just turns yeah, out it was all in his head. A, that was a huge And he was killed. It, <clears throat> yeah, it, I kind of got that kind of disappointment from The Hobbit. Don't get don't get me wrong, The Hobbit is a good film series as it is. It's the cinematography and it's amazing. It it follows what a lot of fans wanted, but also a yeah. lot of us were quite annoyed at it. We're looking forward to this, this, um, the the similarian. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. A, Jay knows, you know, I'm not a massive Lord of the Rings fan. Like, I haven't really gotten into the books. I'm not into it as much as you. But I'm looking forward to that. I want to watch that, and I want, I'm going to sit there in a quiet room, make sure there's no interruptions, just to watch that. And that's the thing. Like, you you get excited about watching something. With these latest Star Wars films, even though I'm a massive Star Wars fan, when I'm watching them, it's I'm not as dedicated to watching them. I didn't need to sit there in a quiet room, block out everything, make sure there's no interruptions, because I didn't care if there was an interruption. It didn't make us want to sit on the edge of my feet, seat and look, watch every single scene. There were scenes that I could easily just happily sit and look at my phone. Yeah. It's just subsequently that Star Wars has came uh, back. It is a cash cow, and when you put Star Wars on, it's more yeah. of a background I mean, I, noise. I can go back and watch the originals, and I'll sit, still sit there with the same intensity of sitting there in the cinema as a boy watching The Phantom Menace. I can watch the originals and the prequels just like that. I can sit there and make sure I'm focused on it. With these ones, I can't get that level of focus in it purely because of the way it's done and the characters and the way they've laid it out. Yeah, so a lot of um, you don't get as much enjoyment as out of definitely not. I mean, new ones. We found a website the other day that can it you can buy like lightsabers, lightsaber hilts that look like characters' lightsabers. They look really nice, really detailed, fantastic. Now, I'm, I would happily buy every single lightsaber for every single character, like Anakin, Obi-Wan, Luke, Darth Vader, all of those. 
but I'm not. I'm never gonna have that type of. Oh, I want Ray's lightsaber. Or oh, I want. I want this because you don't get that, and it takes so long for Ray to get her own lightsaber that it's just pointless. Tell you one thing. I want my Norton Kylo Ren's lightsaber. The DIY LT has his. It's. That was one of the things I liked about the film was that the those films was that it introduced that style, like it wasn't the, it wasn't the typical lightsaber style. It was this uncontrolled fury type thing. It was a crusader sword that just looked like it emanated rage. The thing is, his lightsaber was more of his um, prop just to officially communicate what. Yeah. He feels and what he's like, so it just it's, you look at um, Carlo Wentz lightsaber thing. Yeah, okay, he owns that because that's yeah, he's what unstable. He's exactly like. So it, it the lightsaber is unstable because he's unstable. He's constantly fighting with himself. It's quite DIY and built up around the edges and everything because he's turned from the good to the bad. He's still finding himself and he's still building himself as as this person like. Even during the First Order, there's some people that say, like, oh, why do you wear that stupid mask and all that sort of thing? Because he's still trying to get that image across, that he's Darth Vader. He's trying to be someone that he's not. He's trying to build his own image, but he hasn't done it yet. So he's got he's got this DIY, clunky-looking lightsaber that's unstable, but it looks like it could do so much damage, and it looks like it's just pure fury and hatred because that's the way he wields it. But when you when you look at Rey, she uses Luke's and Anakin's lightsaber for so long. When she eventually does get a lightsaber, you're happy that she's got her own lightsaber, but you don't care because she's taken so long to get it. Nobody cares. Rey as a honestly, I think if Rey died in the first episode, it would have been better films for the last two. It just brings back, like, I think Ray is just this generation of Georgia Binks. You see, I feel like even Georgia Binks was a better character because Georgia had his flaws. Georgia was innately flawed. Like, he was he was there for comedic value, but he was flawed, but he still tried his hardest, and he was still trying to do things. And he, yes, he's the character that's ridiculed the most, but I feel like Ray is a worse character than Georgia Binks. That's my honest opinion, because Ray is... For every, like, every definition in the world, the best one that suits her is a Mary Sue type of character. She can do the shit things she can do because. There's no reason, it's just because. Because she can, because she needs, because she can, because she's yeah. her. There's no, she, because, because she's trained for hours on end to be able to wield a lightsaber as good as she can in the first episode and defeat her nemesis in the first episode. There's no reason that should be possible because she's been fighting with a staff on a desert land all of her life. She's never touched a lightsaber. She's never used a weapon like that before. She shouldn't be that good at it. She shouldn't be better than someone who was specifically trained in Jedi and Sith arts like Kylo. The fact that she defeats Kylo in the very first film is just proves the point that she is strong because she is her and that's it 
And that's the disappointing yeah. part. They've just went, let's get a strong female character. And they tried to force it down with throats as well. She was advertised as a strong female character before we even saw her. And that in Rogue One, Jane Erso is a good, strong female character. And she wasn't forced down your throat as a strong female character. Leia isn't forced down your throat as a strong female character. She's a princess. She's she's had to learn to fight while being with Luke and Han. Ray's just Ray's just strong because she's Ray. That's it. Uh, and there's no need to shove it down our throats because of Star Wars. There's always strong female cow independent characters that don't. Aren't damn stills and just exactly. No, they, they look at them, they're, they're pretty, they're slim, they look like they can be easily classified as damsels in distress, but they just prove the point. It's like, no, we're independent, we can do this, and everything. And it proves it proves why that yeah. women are like that. But with Ray, it's just we need to prove that they're like, oh, yeah, we need to prove that point more. And it, it, it was basically we need to prove that women are indestructible and can do everything, any, any time, anything possible ever. But like every, every Star Wars film had it has its independent, strong woman without forcing it down your throat. Like you said, every film does because you've got Leia, you've got for the original trilogy, you've got Padme for the prequels. Even the Clone Wars cartoon series, you had things like Asajj Ventress, the Sith, the Sith Queen, as I call her, because she, she's a badass character. She's a strong female, and she's a Sith, and she's she. You don't need to have a force down your throat. That's just strong because she shows that she's strong. Leia shows that she's strong. Padme shows that she's strong. Ray, you just get told she's strong, and then she kind of shows it, but she doesn't earn that strength. Nah, it's just all yeah. helping the plot, really. All right, so moving on from the original, uh, the um, yes, newest films. Let's go to the, the Star prequels. Wars we grew up on. The the Revenge the of the Sith, the Clone Wars, the Obi Wan and Anakin story. Yes, Anakin's story, Anakin's. Which, development. That entire it is basically three films documenting how Anakin grows up, gets strong, learns everything that he needs to learn, and then is turned to the dark side. That's basically what those films are. But that's that, yeah. that's what they are in the core. Watching them as a kid. Yeah. But watching them as a can you remember Black back when they first released? I remember going to the cinema with my dad being all excited to watch Phantom Menace. The thing is, is like I never really seen much Star Wars when I when Phantom Menace came out in cinema. It, um, my auntie was a massive Star Wars fan, and we were shopping and we walked past the cinemas, and my auntie looked and uh, um, walked past and caught her eyes and oh, a new Star Wars film. So she dragged me in, and we watched it for the very first time. I remember being there because like no one else was in there; it was just me yeah. and my auntie in the cinema, and that's. That's one of the reasons why I loved the cinema to this day. To this day, you can still go to the cinema and be quite empty, especially if you go quite late at night or some parts during the day when people are at work. It's it's empty. You're by yourself. You've got this whole screen to yourself. Yeah. I was peaceful. 
but I remember watching it, uh, being excited and not knowing what the f- hell was going on throughout the whole entire film. I just thought, these guys have cool laser yeah. swords that will beat the shit out of each other. And that's what Star Wars was when we were kids. It was just... It was all primal inst- it's all primal instinct to be violent anyway as humans. You can't say that hum- humanity doesn't have a violent instinct. We all have instincts to to be violent. Before society became came to be, humanity was we only answer to three things in life back when we were like Neanderthals and cavemen. Is can I kill it? Can it kill me? Can I kill it or can it kill me? Can I yeah, eat it? Those were the three. Or rules. can I fuck it? Now, look, those are three primal instincts. We still live to that today, and unfortunately, as you, we say that we see violence on TV and everything, and we try to like shelter it from children, but we can't it's, take off our primal it's instincts. It's human nature to want it's to do still those there. things. It's coded into our DNA. It's coded in. It's in our bones. It's what we are and what we do because at the core of it, we, we are we act like a superior being and spe- superior species and everything. But at our core, we are still animals. We're still animals. I want to like defend our territory. We want to fight yeah. for our pride. You know, and if anyone wants to disagree with me, go up a street like any street at night. Like on a Friday night, Saturday night, after the pub's closed, yeah. you can watch. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter if you're in the highest of society or the lowest in the low. You'll see those three things in that one street. Yes. Yeah, but because of society, we can't really release this anger. So we all have built up. We all have built up vent of violence, and that's what Star Wars was as a kid. It was just. It was. I it it was very much. It on. was a lot flashier than than the originals. Like y- you said, you said yourself, you weren't really into Star Wars when before then. I think I'd, I'd, my dad is a massive Star Wars fan, so I'd seen all the original trilogy before that. I'd seen all the films, so seeing that, it was the flashier, the cleaner, the crisper version of it. It was the prime where the violence was. Basically, it was a surprise to them in the film and everything, but you knew it was going to be there, and it was the best thing at the time. It was fantastic, and the fight scenes were brilliant. Yeah, but like watching it as an adult now, you and seeing the prequels and understanding more because yeah. we grew up, we were ed- we're more educated than we were, and we know we understand politics and everything. And to watch it, it's a whole exactly. different film set. It's it's like when you're a kid, it's the it's the sparkly, fantastic world in a galaxy far, far away with these sh- beautiful, like amazing multicolored swords that fight each other and clash and make funny noises and blasters that can shoot through anything and all these things. And it's the Jedi are like the holy knights, the greatest things in the world and the Sith are the lowest of the low. But when you're an adult, you can see the politics in it and like you end you end up sitting there going, actually, what's, what's going on? I, I agree yeah. with that. I, I agree with that um, party. <laughs> but uh, like I've I've 
I adore the films. Like, I know some people hate the prequels, mainly because of things like Jar Jar and stuff. And I know there's a lot of, like, skits about one of the fight scenes in Revenge of the Sith where they just sit there waving the lightsabers in front of each other for about five seconds. But you can't deny that a lot of the scenes in that are beautiful. Like, the the fight scenes, the choreography in it can, can be beautiful. The space scenes... The even just the, the the some of the scenes where they're just walking around talking, the scenery around them, what's going on in that area, it it all looks beautiful to me. It Star Wars are beautiful films. They do have their perks of being ha, having such amazing missing scenes, and like. When you watch Star Wars now as an adult, it does bring back the nostalgia of just wanting to go into your own world, of having your own lightsaber. Like, I'm in my mid-twenties, and I still want to own a lightsaber. I still want to be a Jedi Knight. I still want to run around defeating bad guys or joining the bad guy Legion because they've got a cooler uniform. That's the whole thing. (laughs) Because... Yeah, that's the whole thing about storytelling. It's like you try to appeal to many people as possible. And fair enough, the prequels get so much shit, as you said. It is still an amazing amazing story. story. And it brings the kid out in adults, which is something that is quite hard to do. It's quite hard to do. In our generation, it brings out the child in us. And that's something amazing because you go through the toils and troubles of normal day life, like you're having to pay for your car, you're having to work your job, you're having to do all this, that, until that, pay your bills, all that crap. But to have something just bring out the inner kid, even if it's just for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever, that's an amazing feeling. And those prequels do that every time for us. So does the... Um... Originals as well, if you remember, if you like, you said you used to watch it with your yeah, uh, my father. father. No, <laughs> I got, um, I bought my auntie's VHSs of the originals. That's how that's, that's yeah, how we've still got, was. We've still got the original VHS of A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return the Jedi in the loft, and we've got. I think we've had like three sets of the DVDs of everything and we just keep on either misplacing them or doing something with them or like another extended edition comes out so we'll have to get that. <laughs> That's one film franchise I've I, never owned on DVD. I've got, I believe at this time the only on thing DVD. I'm missing from the DVD collection is basically The Mandalorian. But of course, that's not out on DVD yet, so I can't. But that's the only thing my collection is missing, so as soon as that comes out and I'll get that, I've basically got the collection. The only thing I don't have is the Star Wars Christmas special, because that got burned. Well, some websites that you can see it, watch it, and like... I think that was the downfall of Star Wars for um, Lucas, the Christmas special. I've never seen it, I've seen like websites yeah. and everything you can watch it on. Like, let me pull up 
it's one website. of those things where it's sort Quickly. of you hear so much about it that you don't want to watch it in case it just ruins everything. Yeah, I still want to watch it. Just me, for me the too, it. but I'm still a bit, a bit um, apprehensive, purely for like the fact that I don't want it to ruin anything. Like it, it seems so ridiculous that it's too, it's too bad to ever be any good unless you're watching it knowing that it's bad. Yeah, I found a I found a website <laughs> you can watch it on. It's ninety seven minutes long. It was released in nineteen seventy eight, and uh, the synopsis says Luke Skywalker and Han Solo battle evil Imperial. Oh, you vanished for me again. We're doing brilliantly in recording this. We've only had you drop out a few times, considering we're miles away. Yeah. Well, hopefully you guys can hear him, but if you're like me and you can't, I hope you're enjoying the show. Jay should be coming back shortly, once he fixes his microphone. Until then, you're unfortunately stuck with me, his guest, Kyle. So, for this duration of the time, I shall be sitting here waiting on Jay with you. And he has just sent me the synopsis for the holiday special, which is that they battle in evil Imperial forces to help Chewbacca reach his... Im- Im- what? Empriled Imperial family. His Imperial family on the Wookiee planet in time for Life Day, their most important day of the day. Yeah, basically Christmas. It was a Christmas TV segment. That was 97 minutes long. And it features a Wookiee in clothes. In a red robe. For that matter. So. From what I've seen of the things on YouTube videos. Describing it. They watch TV. They've got know, TV they've set. got TV and all that sort of stuff. And. Are yeah you I can hear now? you. You're Yay. back now. <laughs> uh, you kept. Go on to a robot voice yeah, now. Yeah, it's like. probably just in that. I mean, my internet's not too good out here anyway because of where I live, so. Yeah, in that shit up in the other side of, like, North yeah, Yorkshire. Uh, for, for anyone who's wondering, me, me and Jay are currently how many miles apart at the minute while, while recording this? It's a kind of few. Um... I mean, Let it's me not, check Google Maps. It's not massive. Or it's not like we're at the opposite side of the country, but we're still a kind of decent part away. And the internet connection where I live, I basically live on the countryside. So it's a bit shit. Do you live in the middle of nowhere? No, it's or? peaceful, but internet's bad. But, but yeah, the Christmas special is just. Wait. Where you found it? We're like nearly. 30 yeah, so odd miles th- away. This recording has been mashed together 30 odd miles between us. <laughs> On shitty internet. Yeah. But, yeah. 
You know, you know, you know, it's no spell, right? If we had dial up, it would have been a lot more Honestly, successful. Honestly, it would have been. <laughs> and like you're, you're an IT guy by trade. You, I know. You can say that. Honestly, it's ridiculous. I mean, do you do, do you miss that dial up tone? <laughs> I miss that tone. Or like not allowed to go on until after tea time, cause like. Yeah. It was cheaper. That was brilliant. The, the sound. Yeah, it was just so fantastic. It was so bad that it was brilliant. That's... Or watching, just waiting for fucking internet to look, like, websites to load up. I was just, like, going down the screen. One line at slowly. a time. <laughs> yeah, one line of pixels every time. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I love seeing that in old films. Um, and seeing them do that, watching porn back, <laughs> watching porn back in those days must have been disappointing. But downloading one image and waiting half an hour for it. Yeah, you be finished by the time the web page loads. <laughs> you'd get to the hair. You wouldn't even get. You wouldn't even say anything. You'd, you'd get the background bit of top <laughs> and then the hair. Uh, you say hair. How do you know it's the top of the hair? Uh, back point. in those days. <laughs> Unless you're watching Rookie. How do we end up on this topic from Star Wars? We always end up on some sort of sexualized topic. Either that or just a random topic. We We can't speak about one thing without getting sidetracked onto something else. This is why we're like brilliant as... If people just wanted just random people to listen to just for random shit with no topics, we should we should get paid for this. We should have a TV show of where we just sit and if the, we just if talk there's any producers for listening, hours on end. Contact Jay. Give us our TV show. Uh, I know all my producer friends <laughs> listen to this. Well, there you go. Give us a TV show. People will listen to us ramble on for hours. You've already got crap things like loose women. Come on, how much worse could it be? <laughs> loose men. Loose men. Oh. <laughs> how did they come across that name, loose women? Oh, that just sounds like some bad bloody pun that they just decided, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, to this day, I've never watched a single episode of Loose Women. The only time I've ever seen it is if it's just been on randomly in the background while we've been eating dinner or something. I've never been able to catch it's it on, on TV either. Time. When people well, are when people work or sleep or doing some better thing than watching a bunch of women ramble on about crap. Uh, people were willing to watch. People, well, in all fairness, they're probably more inter- interesting. Well, I don't know about that. We t- we talk about the important things like dial-up and Star Wars. <laughs> all that time, we just end, I end up going to yours just for, like, fine crack, and we end up spending two hours talking about building a lightsaber, and then we sidetrack to the idea of building a Iron Man suit just to hold the power 
that's needed. Well, yeah, that was a good two hours. We, we, we figured out that to be able to power the damn thing, you'd have to have a power cell so heavy you couldn't bloody carry it, really. So you would end up having to build a suit, a power suit, just to be able to have it built into the suit and protect the power pack so that it couldn't get damaged while you were fighting. It was basically Iron Man with a lightsaber. Hey, Disney, make that happen. Yeah, you've got the lights tomorrow. Iron Man with a lightsaber. That would be the best crossover be? ever. Oh, wait, he's dead. You know... <laughs> oh, don't do that, Kyle. <laughs> Uh, in all fairness, this, um, the Avengers and Iron Man has proven that it is alien life. Yeah. So somewhere, somewhere within the universe, there should be like a futuristic humanoids that re- well, yeah. real well, lightsabers and that. Apparently, I found this out the other day. Apparently, there's a book or a comic or something where Han and Chewie blindly go through hyperspace, crash land on Earth. Han gets eaten by tribesmen and, and Indiana Jones comes across his bones a hundred or so years later while hunting for the Sasquatch who turns out to be Chewbacca. So, if that is a thing, surely Iron Man with a lightsaber can be a thing. If... What's this? If you can find I'll this book again, send me it. I just stumbled around it. I can't, I'm sure it's like a comic book or something. The thing is, it's like um, back in the seventies and early eighties, Marvel and Lucas had a deal where, like, there were there was Star yeah, Wars uh-huh. comic books. It's called into it's called Into the Great Unknown, and it's a ten-page non comic canon comic uh, where Han Solo and Chewbacca blindly go through hyperspace and end up plan- crashing into planet Earth's Pacific Northwest. Thing is about um, the best thing about Star Wars is it's all it's all it's one of the best examples of um, transcripted yeah. media. There's so many like fan books or there's so many books that are canon that have been thrown out the window by Disney. Thank you very much, Disney. But there's so many like books and comics and just internet pages and things like that, that it's not just the films anymore, it's a massive expanded universe that has been built upon and built upon and built upon since the first film was released. And it's amazing. It's one of the reasons I adore our like this Star Wars fan base, is that yes, it can have its issues and its flaws and its arguments and everything, but the amount of creativity that comes out of it is amazing. Like, I've got a book in my other room, which is called The Smuggler's Guide, and it's got annotations from Han Solo and Lando Calrissian, and it was supposedly written by Maz. Now, this is just a book that has some lore and some bits and pieces about Star Wars in, but it's an interesting book, and it's just a random thing. But the fact that that's come out of... That's come out of... Just a series of films. When it's quarantine's over, like you can't let me. I could grab all that book when it's quarantine's over. Yeah, sure. I've got that one, and I've got the Jedi guidebook or something where it's got like annotations from Yoda, Qui Gon Jinn, Obi Wan, Anakin, 
Ahsoka Tano and Darth Sidious and Count Dooku, and it's like a Jedi manual, basically, showing you, like, how to meditate and shit. I know that's a Sith book. Yeah, yeah, the Sith book's one of the ones I want to get as well. Because, like, one like, one of my old friends, he had it. And I had a quick skim for it because he was a massive Star Wars fan. He had like a f- full-on Star Wars sleeve. Yeah, and he had a he had a sto- like a life-size stormtrooper stood in a room next to a life-size Star Vader, and he had lightsabers on his walls and everything, like a coat yeah. of arms. He 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 was he's dedicated his whole life and his whole fandom studying Star Wars, and. From what I know of him, he um, he was a massive Jim Henson fan as well. So he so the the prosthetics and the actual effects while in CGI in Star Wars, and that has inspired him to be to do physical effects and costume design and that. He was good at it as well. Don't get me wrong; I don't know what he does with his life now. This is the thing: if a film can inspire someone to do something then that's amazing and that's the beauty of films and that's the beauty of things like star wars like i wouldn't i'm 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 actually wondering now how many people got inspired to get into special effects into costume design into acting into anything like that just because they saw what saw one of those star wars films into into writing because they decided they wanted to write a fanfic about it which then ended up turning into a comic book or a canon book And that's the beauty of films. People don't understand. They're like, they just think, they take films for granted. Like, oh, it's just a film. But it's like, yeah, but kids watch it. It, it inspires them. Like today, today, and it's sad to say, but today in today's society, that a lot of parents don't know how to parent correctly because they've never been told how to parent correctly. And before the children in front of a TV series or in front of a film, just to keep them entertained and Kids learn from our film. Kids connect to the characters and everything. I love kids. Lo- love young boys will connect to characters like Finn and Poe. Whereas a lot of girls will connect to characters like Ray, unfortunately. But or if they put the original trilogies on, they'll connect to better characters for females to be inspired by, like Leia. And then um, films do inspire kids to do things with their lives. It's the same with video games and inspire them. Now, it seems like a massive leap between video game, like computer games and PlayStation games and Xbox games, and then films. But at the end of the day, it's all a storyline. And the older elder generation will complain how like kids will spend too much time playing games or kids will spend too much time watching films. But back in the day, it's when they were children, they spent so much of their time probably reading books or listening to stories from the parents or from other people. And that's all life is about, is stories. It's your story. You, the, moment you, the moment you learn to communicate and to document yourself in any shape or form, like your homework book or your homework, it's just, it's just the start of your story. To the day you go into a grave, it's your story. And someone else can tell your story. Yeah, that. exactly. That's the thing. It's all stories. It's all to inspire someone. You can pick the most obscure and weird and strangest story in the in the world. Like you could pick a weird and strange game, 
like Crash Bandicoot, for example. It's a game about this weird little creature that can spin round, but it's also a game that said that teacher that taught kids that eating apples can make you stronger. It taught kids that helping your friends is important, and it taught ki- it taught kids that if you've got if you've got loads of energy, and you've got you've got like you've got to go out and move and do something. That's fine. There's people like that. You can go and do that. There'll be smart people because there was a, there was a Coco, his sister, which was the smart one, uh, that said like, yes, it's good. It's fine for girls to be smart. It's fine for you to sit there and instead of running around jumping and running and being eccentric it's fine to sit there and type up on a on a computer or sit there and play a game or read a book it showed diversity and i know it's dragon stuff out of a game that probably nobody really kept, really looks into that much in that type of eye but that's what some people can pull from that i mean that's a game from my childhood which i absolutely adored and i still love to this day and those are just some of the things that I managed to pull out of thin air, just remembering one thing from that game. Just remembering one one clip of playing that game, one scene, one tiny bit. And films do the same thing. Films tell the story and they teach you and they bring you into that and they show you that people struggle and people are different and that's okay. And that's the main thing because in a society where you're told to, where you're brought up to be this, robot of society that you've sat in the school lines and you sat in the school chairs and you have to wear the same uniform and do the same things and write out the same textbook 20 times it's refreshing to have something that says it's okay to be different and that's what the this sort of thing does books did it for the older generation movies and tv series and things did it for the generation after and games and movies and TV series on Netflix and things like that to do it for us and then for future generations to come it'll be VR games it'll be things like like uh, holographic technology and things like that I mean we'll probably have movies that play on little holograms on a table at some point but it'll still tell story and storytelling is the it's one of the oldest things in humanity it's one of the oldest languages that we speak is stories and it's what keeps us going. Sorry to get all philosophical there, but... I think it's a nice philosophical end to this podcast episode, yeah. Mike. Because it is getting yeah. late. <laughs> and we did promise Jordan that we were going to do Battlefront, so I guess I'll probably see you in Battlefront. Right. In see a bit. you soon, and thank you very much right, for having so, us as a guest. Right. right, okay. As uh, Do you listen to the last episode? Uh, well, I haven't had a chance yet, no. I should have. Right, so I always end... Yeah, you should have. <laughs> I end the... I, I found out... Well, didn't find out. I decided, like, last episode to end the podcast on a little joke. Ah, do you have a joke for me, or do you want me to tell the joke? I have I have a joke for you, and the joke is related to the podcast Excellent. episode. Hit me. And it... Uh, and it relates to your job as well. I picked oh, this up just for how you. Thoughtful. It's lovely, isn't it? I'm the best friend. Um, which program do Jedi's use to open PDF files? Come on, then. 
Adobe One Kenobi. Oh dear lord. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible, but I love it. Uh, well, uh, I'm gonna on that note. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for it's rambling. It's been a pleasure. Me. Thank you very much for having me. I'll see you in a few minutes. I'll see you in a few yeah. minutes on Battlefront. Two pips. Two pips. Bye. Bye.